when you operate preeminently, and it's something that I'm known for, the strategy of preeminence, you're, you're playing at a whole different level. You're playing a different game than everybody else. You're playing for stakes that are not money denominated, but the reward is a lot of money. You're playing to contribute, interact, catalyze people's business life, finances, health, whatever you're selling at a level and in ways and with empathic respect that just transcends everybody else. You're listening to The Traffic and Funnel Show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Traffic and Funnel Show here with the most handsome man in marketing, the OJ, OG, Mr. J. Abraham. What is OG, the OG, Mr. OJ. OJ. That's funny. I like it. He doesn't know what to do with our our epic intros. We have the best (laughs) intros of all time, Jay. You got to admit. I love it. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. I'm I'm lucky. I, uh, I have a very, very nice environment. I'm stuck in big house, big yard, beach house could be a lot worse. Mm. You look great. Just want to throw that hey, out there. It's a facade, but thank you. It, it, it's, <laughs> it serves my brand, you know, but you ever read the book, the portrait of Dorian Gray? No, no. It's a book about a man. It's a book about a man that looks forever uh, youthful and fit, but he's got a portrait on the wall that keeps aging and looks wrinkled. And, you know, uh, uh, d- deep down, I'm, I'm a feeble, feeble, feeble faction of what I look like, but it, it serves my brand well. Thank you. Your, your brain is still firing on every cylinder, though. And that's it's what matters. Good. It's, it's right? good. It's good. Yep. It's actually more expansive, but probably less uh, linear. It's good and bad. I, I get to see many more connections than anybody else, but it's I, I'm not as focused on, you know, here's point A, point B, point C. So it's got its attributes, but yeah, I've, I've been exposed to so darn many, uh, ex, you know, environments and business domains and scenarios over the last few years. It's amazing. So pluck it out of my brain. I'm here. Well, uh, can I ask the first question, Chris? Absolutely. So Jay, Jay, when we first met, I was like a kid in a candy store. I don't know if you remember that, but I was, uh, I was giddy. I remember the first book that I actually read about you, by you, was actually the Sticking Point. It's a and, great book. Uh, you know, it's funny how now we're actually in a time where that material is more important than ever before. Um, going through the the recession, the health crises that we're in. You know, you consult with a lot of businesses. You have a vast reach in terms of your pool what are you seeing in the market for the businesses who are winning in this time versus the businesses who are really getting hurt by this time uh well there's there's it's really uh it's a division i mean you start out by deciding whether you're a victim or a victor i think that's a psychological decision if you're going to be a victor you decide to find the opportunity and adversity not the negativity and then you start dividing and conquering the ones that are really killing it are doing a couple of things. They're first of all solidifying the base they have with their existing market, and then they're expanding. They're not retracting. They're expanding in the market with propositions that resonate and have uh, have 
a value and the value can be economic value. It can be protective value, it can be entertainment value, it can be improvement value, but they really understand how to focus more right now on the very specific bottom line outcome that people are going to get. And they're very well in sync with where the different respective markets are at. Some of them are really masterfully about growth strategies right now because there's opportunities, which I'll be glad to uh, to explain to you in adversity that are really, really unique and would never be available in normal times for anybody anywhere. And everybody can capitalize on it if they uh, believe enough in the, the, themselves, whether they have ability, knowledge, uh, uh, skill set, negotiating ability, selling ability. It's pretty cool. I love that. And I love too the, the victim versus a victor, mm. fact versus emotion getting able, being able to choose your own response. Do you, when you went through your first recession, this is a personal question. I'm off sure. the rails. Chris tried to, he's tried to box me in with questions and I'm just going to ask whatever I want. doesn't matter. Have uh, fun. During your first recession, were you afraid? Do you remember being afraid? Was there fear involved or no? It, it was, it was the opposite. Uh, from the very beginning, I mean, I got started in, in, in my life in jobs where I'd lose a job. I had to have three or four jobs at the same time. Sometimes I just worked on pure performance. And in the beginning, it was scary when I was 18. But after a while, you become not calcified, but you, it builds your tensile strength. Your rigidity and, and your energy is really uh, liberated and ignited in adversity because you get very calm and focused. I always was the calm, balanced, pragmatic, strategic thinker for all the entrepreneurs who were freaking out because I could see implications, applications, correlations, opportunities, uh, gaps of, of, of marketing uh, enhancement, all kinds of things other people did not. And I was able to navigate and connect dots and get people focused, calm, let's do this, let's do this. And, and most of my clients thrived, actually, without being arrogant. They thrived in adversity and were able to grow them because we could take advantage of all kinds of, of, uh, of tentative thinkers, procrastinative thinkers, paralyzed thinkers in the competitive uh, market they were dealing with. And I think today it's probably even more. You and I were talking about one of your businesses, and you're talking about how it's thriving but I bet if we found a generic competitor to you in that business, they're of the belief it can't thrive. The world has collapsed. I've got to basically batten down the hats, try to preserve my capital, and their business probably sucks. So, Jay, if, if someone's not Jay Abraham, yeah. they, maybe they don't have that natural leaning to see unbelievable opportunities like you do. How do they get into that vein? Well, I think that there's a couple of ways you do it. First of all, you have to travel outside the rigidity of whatever your your current paradigm is. I call it giving yourself a paradigmectomy. There's a lot of ways to do it. And the first way is to see, is to learn how to identify a lot of the different performance dynamics in revenue generation. Most people don't understand all the different things going on in a business. You got leads, you got buyers, you got distribution, you got 
you got brand, you got all these different things going on, you got sourcing, and then you look at all the ways you can multiply or maximize all those. I mean, I try to get clients, we always have a, at least when I work with private clients, there's a simple process. We start with whatever they're doing and how it's doing, and we try to take each element, and there could be 30 or 40 uh, overlooked or under underrecognized factors in the revenue system, and we just make each one do better because it costs nothing more, but it can produce mm. monstrous amounts more. Then after we've done that, we start expanding and sort of dividing and conquering. We'll add new ways to grow their business, new ways to generate people, new ways to add to the unit of sale that they're generating and increase in new ways to extend the buying cycle or you find more economic utility value, other things they can monetize, new sources they can go to, new ways to use their body of work, their IP, new you know, new ways to partner with other people that have access to their market, bringing them in, new ways to take their product out or get other people's products. I can go on and on, but all those things, I mean, it's, this is funny. We, we, we talked about this, I think, in our last uh, time when we were working together. I've actually created, and it's just, I'm not saying this arrogantly, 30 categories of geometric business growth. Each one has got a portfolio of methodologies within it. The, you know, the three ways to grow a business has about 50 different elements in it. The Power Parthenon has potentially about, about oops, I knocked something over, about uh, 40 elements in it. The nine drivers of geometric growth has nine elements. The sticking point solution has nine elements. The power principles are 21 elements. We've got you know, we've got access denied, which is we know how to overcome about seven different ways people deny access to you, to the, your offer, to your, you know, to their wallet. I mean, again, you go through all these things, each one alone can make a profound enhancement. But when you start working on multiple ones, it's explosive. This is a little bit mathematically esoteric, but a few years ago, I started questioning. Uh, a mathematical issue. I said, I've got all these different separate categories, each one of which can produce, and I focus on maximizing profit as opposed to just top line. Each one can produce exponential or geometric, let's call it geometric profit growth. And I thought, what in the world is geometry times geometry times geometry? And stupidly, I never looked it up. I looked it up on Google one day, and I found that mathematically there are, I think, eight gradients above exponentiality. Eight. And they range from heptation, hexation, pentation, octation, I can't remember the rest. But if you can take performance well beyond exponential, and you allow your business in good times or bad, but right now more than ever, to operate any facet of the revenue uh, sourcing, conversion, monetization, maximization, sustaining process, and anything incremental, it's shameful. You don't want to be in the incremental zone. You want to always operate every part of your business in the exponential. And the first thing is you've got to know what those performance uh, elements, factors, forces, and, and dynamics are. And I don't want to be too esoteric, but you asked me a question. Jay, do you remember what it was like to not be smart? 
to be a normal well, human. <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you the problem with how my mind works. I see really amazing connections no one else does, but I don't see regular things. I don't turn my computer on. I don't keep track of papers. I, I don't, I've got 15,000 emails I don't know where to put. I lose track of everything, my schedule. So, I mean, it's got, it's sort of mad scientist savantish, but, yes. you know, and, and I say this to people, anybody can be, this is not arrogance, it's very humble. Anybody can be a representative, smaller version of me if they want, because all, all it took for me was to be what I'll call an industry transient, to travel continuously from one industry to another to another and be mindful of all the differences, not the similarities, how different people marketed, how their strategy was different, how their mindset was different, how their business model was different, how their distribution channels were different, how their lead generating conversion and find ways to combine uh, lots of different factors from lots of different totally foreign industries together into hybrids that most people in one industry didn't even understand. And anybody can do their version of that if they want to. And now is a great time because they're homebody. Anyhow, they can go online and start studying all kinds of different ads for all kinds of totally unrelated businesses or industries they're not used to. They can go online on some of the journals. They can they can, uh, you know, they can sign up for some of these multitude of, of free events, not the ones that are within the realm or the, or the domain of what they're doing, but everything else. That's where the growth comes from. If you look at breakthroughs throughout history, almost none of them came from within an industry. We talk about, and I'm on a roll, so I'll stop in a minute. Things like fiber optics didn't come from telecommunication. It came from aerospace. Rogaine came from somebody trying to fix, I think, pimples. Viagra was somebody trying to work on a heart. Uh, FedEx basically came from using a system that the government used to clear checks overnight. Uh, The ballpoint pen or roll-on deodorant came from one another. So this is a great time to grow. But I mean, in, in answer to your question about my intellect, I think I was blessed and cursed with an ability to see implications, correlations, connections that most people don't, but I'm also cursed because I don't see what everybody else sees. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. Go to Um One of the things I think you helped us with, you know, you helped us obviously extraordinarily on multiple different facets and playing fields of business. But one of the things I remember and I still tell people is you helped us with the way we view competition so much and when we came in we were just we were little we were little boys trying to be business people and we had all of these competitors who were bothering us and you're probably the most copied or stolen from marketer Mm -hmm. alive right now i would say or at least you're up there i mean you were telling us that uh you know one day you logged into the internet and there was like thousands and thousands of of your pages and books, maybe share some of your philosophy and how you helped us because you really removed the weight from us of having to worry about our, you know, people taking our stuff or people mimicking or modeling. And and you were like, guys, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And you gave us a, I think you gave us a real tool that propelled us into service first and giving more 
maybe you could just I'm just gonna point the arrow and let you shoot but well I can't actually remember exactly what I said but I mean you're not going to eliminate competition but I think I believe that while there's enormous amounts of generic competition there is rarely very much viable competition particularly if you're on a mission and a crusade to make a profound impact and a difference in the lives of the market you're serving and it's not just about profiteering and monetization uh you know it's it's funny i was talking to somebody the other day and and it's very simple we are rewarded in this life and and more so right now actually in adversity for the quantity quality consistency of problems we solve and opportunities we create for others and the key is really recognizing that your job you're you're, you're a value creator for others i mean competition i mean it, it, it when you get your mind uh what would i call it not just in gear when you get your mind uh, I have a very unique sort of a, a lens of perspective, but when you get your mind installed in what I'll call the J. Abraham uh, thinking process, you don't really care about competition because they're always following, you're always leading. I mean, all they can do is emulate what you did yesterday. And if you're lazy enough and, uh, and, limited enough to want to just milk that and never realize that if you don't make yourself and your offer and your marketing and your proposition obsolete sooner or later your competitors will do it to you and for you i mean i don't know what i mm -hmm. said to you but there's some philosophy yeah yeah i think it was, it was partly it was just freedom you know when you focus on being client client centric and giving value to the world and it's not, it's not this, you're just so much about protection, right? Against the competition, against people ripping you off. There's just so much freedom, I think, that you gave us in that and in, in pointing us towards being client-centric and value-centric, uh, not only to the clients, but to the marketplace um, in general. Well, it gives you, a, there's a, a genuine power. This is not metaphysical. It's not new age. It's not uh, spiritual, although it probably has... Uh, uh, a little bit of, of a tinge of that. But when you operate preeminently, and it's something that I'm known for, the strategy of preeminence, you're, you're playing at a whole different level. You're playing a different game than everybody else. You're playing for stakes that are not money denominated, but the reward is a lot of money. You're playing to, to contribute, interact, uh, catalyze people's business life, finances, health, whatever you're selling at a level and in ways and with and with uh, empathic respect that just transcends everybody else. Yes. The statement that you just made uh, just a minute ago, you're talking about focusing on the market's problems. Would you say that is the number one opportunity that people have um, one, of course, it can give you value to the marketplace, but also in growth and maybe even staying ahead of the competition. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the big problem is if you look most people who market, they market the same thing, plus or minus the same way, almost the same rhetoric. Some have a little bit more to offer, a little less, different bonus, different value uh, proposition, but 
I mean, it's very hard to discriminate between A, B, C, and D. If you can really, and the first thing it starts, uh, guys, with taking the time to examine, understand, evaluate, appreciate, respect, and grasp what your market reality and experience is all about. And then you're able to acknowledge it. And it also is denominated by your ability to express to them better than anybody else in clear, more powerful ways that you grasp what they are trying to either get away from, get closer to, you know what they want, and you're very clear on what they absolutely don't want. And if you can put all that into words that transcend anybody else, you own mind share and all the competition is really locked out. That's a good word. It's a great word. Yeah. So if, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this and uh, you're struggling, maybe you feel like you're in a downward, downward spiral, find people who have big problems right now, tap into their emotions, tap into where they're at and help to solve those problems that they have. Pretty simple, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is. And and if, you, if we have time, I'll talk to you a little bit about, I, I've been talking a lot in interviews I've been doing all over about five really interesting windows of opportunity that I don't think most people really uh, see right now that are very, very blatantly available to any entrepreneur or anybody who needs to become an entrepreneur. And they're screamingly wide open and blatantly evident and yet almost nobody sees them let alone seizes them so it might be fun to stimulate some nonlinear thinking amongst uh the, the let's sport. do it that was one of my questions um in regards to finding opportunities so if you have five bullets or thoughts on that Taylor, you good with that yeah yeah i do so in the order that i talk about them there will never be an opportunity window like there is today open and deep and receptive for doing collaborations, joint ventures, power partnering, as I call it, strategic alliances, endorsements, co-branding, referral deals with people, because everybody is out of money. Everyone is scared. If you have something that economically makes sense and is in any way collaborative, uh, 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 contributional, uh, uh, corresponds to either the buying a profile of their market, the, the the distribution channel. You can make deals today that nobody would normally make, and you can make them all day long, inside and out, a two-way valve, taking your product or service outside, taking all kinds of products and services inside, and negotiating deals both ways that give you very preemptive and favorable profit and economic advantage. That's the first one, and I could talk about that, Jesus, for six days, and I have it, very expensive seminars because we have hundreds of ways to do it. Number two is uh, there's tons of very nice quality people who were totally caught off guard by this. They don't have deep capital bases. Their business is really on the rocks. They're not advertising. They're they're scurrying for cover and they're going to go broke and they're going to lose everything they've got. And they've almost come to a tumultuous stop, but they have enormous assets that you can get control of for nothing. 
and you don't have to buy their businesses. You can acquire their assets, meaning their buyers, their ads, their prospects, their URL, their their IP, and you can just give them a share of whatever you get from using that. You can integrate it if you've got a business that has enough infrastructural uh, softness to be able to absorb a lot more uh, activity without a lot more expense, and you can grow like man, and you're actually helping somebody who's going to lose everything, you know, stay monetized. That's the second thing. The third thing is very interesting, but a lot of people don't understand this. And a lot of your 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 clients, I think, are they they are experts to vertical industry. So this might be very interesting. There's 30 million people out of work. It tends to be very skewed. It's polarized at both ends of the spectrum. A lot of them are low skilled, which is not as valuable for this discussion, although they're fine men, women, and they deserve empathic respect. But at the top end, they're super skilled and they lost their job for one of two reasons. Either they couldn't perform the function adequately enough that it could be justified, or their salary was so damn expensive the employer wanted them out of the payroll. Now, on the upper end, what people don't realize is these people who are out of work, high skilled, before they lost their job, they were interacting with some of the most desirable contacts, business owners, entrepreneurs, influencers, decision makers at all spectrums in businesses and individuals out there these people are out of work. They're used to making six figures. They're getting a thousand or two thousand dollars a week, plus their one time twelve hundred dollars. They're sweating bullets. They don't know what to do. They're afraid to get back in the job market because they're going to compete against people equally or more skilled, and they're going to have to take a job cut. It might take months. They don't know what to do. If you find them, which you can on LinkedIn, I've done it for clients. And you convince them of the veracity, the merit, the, the quality, and the, and the deservedness of your company product service, you'll never have a chance to get these people to feed and source you their contacts strictly on a percentage or commission or result compensation basis. So you can do that all day long, and it's vast. Number four, and you guys should get excited about this even though you're teaching it, there are probably a million and a half people out of work who are salespeople. And the reason they're out of work is one of two things. The thing they were selling isn't selling or they can't sell it right now for different reasons. Car dealers, you know, their business is down. So if your car salesperson that worked in the, in the, in the, the, you know, in the store, you're not working. If you're the online guy, you are working or girl. But these salespeople are used to making six figures. They're sitting around out of their mind scared. You can find them also on LinkedIn. It says available. You can persuade them to do any of the three things I just talked about or just send them out in the world sourcing any kind of client you want or doing deals for you or anything in, in between. And then the fifth one I talk about a lot is what I call options trading, but it's not stock. It's getting control of assets and access, IP, brand extension, distribution, and then deciding whether you want it for yourself, whereby once you tie it up and you can tie it up for almost or for nothing, 
you then do a little test and if it works, you execute on the, on the right. And if it doesn't, you don't have to, or you can flip that right to somebody else for a big fee and for a markup on whatever you negotiate. I can go on and on, but those are a couple of cool things that people don't think about. I love the bit at the end with the options trading because that's industry transference again, industry transients in action. Yep. yep. Right there. Um, Jay, this has been amazing. A couple of big takeaways for me. I think the victim versus the victor. I mean, that's something that you know I constantly want to be looking at personally for me as well. Anytime we yep. let emotions creep in rather than making a conscious choice, you know, how we're going to respond is, is most of the battle. Another thing you said that you just said in passing that I want to say again, just so that you can get the quote, you can get the glory here. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about beliefs really being the, the delineating factor between those who are thriving now and those who are not thriving now. And I think it's really profound because those who believe they cannot thrive in a bad economy are likely not going to do the things to thrive. And, you know, belief is kind of the kingpin. What you don't believe is possible, you're not even going to attempt. And you're living proof of this that, you know, you can make it through good times, bad times, and you can expand in every season, in every climate. And I just want to say from, from me, and I speak for Chris as well, you've been so impactful for us, not only not only being able to see your face and your wonderful hair and you know the, the outfit, but the material you've you've gifted the world. I mean, you've gifted the world 100%. with material that I mean, I, I I wouldn't be the same without your books, without your coaching and mentorship. And I just want to thank you for that and uh, let everybody know to follow you. That's buy nice. your books, buy your stuff. Where can people? Where should people go if they want to investigate the OG of marketing? Uh, well, they can go a couple places. They can go to abraham.com. There's a lot of stuff there. And we're starting a very low-priced, accessible mentorship at jayabraham.com. And there's a lot of cool stuff there. And, you know, we have books we give away. We try to be great benefactors. I realized a long time ago, guys, that most people can't or won't afford my uh my resources, my work, or access to me, but I can afford to invest in almost anybody deserving because I think they're worth it. And good people pay off, and people who aren't good aren't going to do anything with it anyhow, so it'd be a waste. So, yeah, I mean, it could do any of those things you want. Do you have a lot of people that that uh, that follow this this podcast? Nobody. Yeah. We're the only no, ones I mean, who listen to. No, it. I mean, does is, is it have a big following? I have no idea. I'd yeah, say in the do. space, it, it does have a fairly big following. Um, and, you know, one thing that's important for us, Jay, is for people to to really have exposure to you. Because like what Taylor just said, just the impact that you've made on us, it's it's real, it's tangible. And people don't realize, people who are listening to this podcast, our clients, everybody, have in one way or another been affected by you, at least through us. Mm. I know some people do... Um, have exposure to you because a lot of people know who you are, but the people who don't, they need to have access to your thinking um, because it's, it's dramatically affected us, our lives, our clients, people who That's listen so to our podcast. And it's, you know, it's, I, I was talking to Rich Sheffern the other day and we were just sharing just our fondness, talking about our fondness of you and, <laughs> and you being a mentor to him way longer than you have us. Uh, but it's true. And so anybody listening to this, you need to go to abraham.com. 
and get on his list. Just extract as much value as you can and implement it because uh, someone who's been through, and this is one of the things that Taylor and I have talked about many a times, but to be connected with someone who's been through so many seasons, ups and down, downs of life and business, um, and is still here and thriving is someone that you need to listen to um, and pull as much from as possible. So go to abraham.com. It's very nice. Yeah. And, and I think that, that uh, again, I will leave you with a perspective and that is that as bad as things seem, and it's not, it's not a good time. There are opportunities available to everyone, ethical opportunities, in many respects, actually noble opportunities mm. to to prosper while helping others uh, benefit. And if you fail to take advantage of it, you're actually denying yourself, your business, your your uh, you know your 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 financial picture, uh, uh, growth and and vitality that it deserves. And and it's just a matter of going for it they're there and you should capitalize on it because it's available to anyone to some level absolutely well sir thank you so much for your time much appreciated and uh look forward to having you back good my pleasure thanks for listening for more from chris and taylor visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber that's trafficandfunnels.com